what, what uh, Mel said was correct, and uh, but uh, I think the ten-year requirement would also be detrimental because uh, the you know the I don't know if you those of you that deal with bridge inspectors, we want our bridge inspectors to be independent, operate independently, be thorough, and if you wait have them go ten years instead of five years, which I don't think the extra five years of experience will get you much better of a, uh, an inspector. They'll they'll get hired by somebody else who sees those the so we'll end up with the it'll take the cream of the crop of the inspectors off the uh, team leader role and uh, actually have the opposite effect of what the intent of the bill was. Okay, let's see. Okay, for my presentation, um, it's Service Life of Florida Bridges, and we're going to talk about uh, some various different things. First of all, we're going to talk about the issues involved and why we needed to figure out what our the service li actual service life of Florida Bridges are, um, talk about the deterioration models that we were created to determine that. Uh, we also were able, through the study, to evaluate our bridge repair and maintenance program, and then we're going to have some overall conclusions. Um, so the issues that were involved, service life of Florida bridges, you know, we hear 50 years and 75 years with the LRFR spec. What's what's the uh, issue? And as everybody probably after, if you didn't know before the Minnesota bridge, you're probably aware afterwards that we have an aging infrastructure and uh, are we going to have a tidal wave of structural replacements coming up in the uh, future and how do we predict our future replacement needs and is our uh, FDOT's uh, bridge maintenance and repair program effective? Um, so if we look at the age of our Florida bridges and this is probably similar this is just the state bridges. This is probably similar to the other states. Maybe some states are more are older than us and have more bridges in the 50s and 40s than we do. But you notice the peak and started in the 50s, going on to the increasing in the 60s, and with the interstate being finished. And then as the interstate was finished up in the 70s, then we started to go down. Um, the Department of Florida Department of Transportation has a policy saying that when a bridge becomes structurally efficient or posted for weight, we're going to program that for replacement within six years. Um, and the main criteria for a bridge becoming structurally deficient, and I thank my previous speaker for defining it for everybody, is when the national bridge inventory condition is four or less for the superstructure, substructure, deck, or for the culvert, the culvert's rating. And uh, if we look at our NBI ratings, we, it goes from a zero to nine scale, nine being the best, down to zero where it's failed. Uh, and if you look at that, the difference between excellent and very good, nine and eight, that's not too much uh, difference really. And a lot of times the inspectors will say, well, the first inspection we're going to make it a nine. Then when we go out there two years later, we'll drop it down to an eight. Bridge hasn't really deteriorated anything. Um, but then when you get down to you know, condition state four, that's poor. Uh, that means you're, you've lost a little bit of uh, the original design strength of the bridge. 
um, you're not in a dangerous situation yet. Then you get down to three where you're talking serious, too critical. Then you're, then you're really worried and you're, if you're a bridge maintenance engineer, you're losing, maybe you're losing sleep over that bridge. Um, conventional wisdom says 50 years service life. If it's true, we should be replacing about 160 bridges a year soon. Uh, we just can't afford that. The LRFD specifications that's behind bridges say we're going to get a 75-year life. And, you know, that increased service life is probably a combination of the design code being more rational. Also, we've increased our uh, the quality of our specifications, so our materials are better. Uh, and hopefully we're maintaining our bridges better to get that extended service life. Here we have a bridge that was built on the state system with timber su uh, substructure. Uh, this was popular before World War II, maybe up into 1950. Uh, probably a lot of states have this type of structure out there that are still remaining. Uh, so if we look at a little bit of information about that bridge, it was built in 1939. It's currently structurally deficient, substructure is rated 4, and it's programmed for replacement in 2012. So if we replace that in 2012, this bridge will have lasted 73 years. It's not currently posted, so it's uh, handling legal loads. Uh, now, this might be an outlier, but if uh, you're familiar with bridge material deteriorating, we, have, we make our bridges of steel, concrete, and timber, occasional aluminum. We're now working with some FRP, but those are the three main types. And timber has the shortest service life of that. Um, we can uh, look at, we have a lot of, we, well, not a lot. We have a number of 32 timber bridges, substructure bridges in the state inventory. And they were built from 1924 to 1953. So there's still a number of those out there. And if we look at their condition, we have six of them are currently structurally deficient. But some of them are rated seven. That's pretty decent. And five and six fair and good condition. So we, these bridges can probably still last. They may not be good functionally. They may not be wide enough. We may replace them for functionally reasons. But there are a lot of these bridges. There's no reason to replace these at the current time. So we needed to create some deterioration models to sort of determine what our service life was. And uh, previous uh, talk was about, mentioned bridge management systems. In 1998, Florida went to the Pontus as a bridge management system and uh, put an Oracle database. Before that, our bridge inspection NBI data was stored in a flat file. Uh, now it's in an Oracle database. It's easier to do reports and manipulate uh, data out of. Uh, and extract the data out of, and that has over 26,000 inspections of state bridges. And looking at that data, we found that bridges, condition states can do one of two things between inspection vents. They can decrease, stay the same, or improve. Uh, they improve because we've taken action, we've done repair work on them. They stay the same because bridges tend to stay the same over time until they've gotten to that extra little bit of deterioration and they actually decrease. So the transition probabilities can be determined between condition states 9 to 4. Uh, thanks to the enlightened policy of our executive board about programming structurally deficient bridges uh, within six years of them being identified, we don't have a lot of case history of where 
bridges going from four to three or four to two. Uh, we do have a, we have do have a few, but not too many. Not enough to really reliably establish transition probabilities. And most of the transitions are by one condition state. Occasionally they're greater. This might be due to a bridge hit or a hurricane coming through and taking out a bridge. Uh, that suddenly went down to a zero. It was probably a seven before, six or seven before. Um, so I, we created three models. Model one was used to ignore condition state increases. Model two, we included condition state increases. And model three, we created transition probabilities to match our current inventory. And we wanted to determine which of these models was more accurate, more represented uh, history. Um, so to uh, compare the models, um, this is the we have our current inventory where we have, uh, and this was based on the lowest rating of the superstructure, substructure, deck, or culvert. And in our inventory, we currently have over 1,300 bridges that are rated nine or eight, uh, excellent. Uh, seven or six, good, over, over 4,500. Get down to five, we have 285 and 55 structurally deficient bridges in, in the current inventory on the state system. Um, then model one, which didn't, ignored uh, increases in condition state, predicted uh, a bit worse condition state. Model two seemed to be closer. And then, of course, model three, since we that was fixed, that came out to exactly match the condition state. Um, then we can look at that in a graph, and we see that uh, our model one predicts uh, bridges going, uh, being deteriorated faster than model two or model uh, three. Model two giving us the best life on our bridges. The next issue was what was the definition of our service life? Now, I checked when I started this with uh, bridge management people that helped develop the bridge management systems. I checked with Dennis Mertz, who helped write the code, and no one really gave me a good um, definition, so I created my own. Uh, so I assumed that the service life ends after 10% of our bridges would reach condition state four, which gave us three different numbers for the different models. Model one giving us a service life of 55 years. That's comparable to our 50-year. Model two, uh, 80 years, and Model 3, 70 years. So this, this uh, predicts what type, how many bridge replacements we would have each year starting uh, in 2001 over 20 years. And as you notice, that uh, they start to increase over time. So we compare our models versus history. If we look at our models, a model one, uh, which takes into account the increases, uh, would predict, which does not take into account the uh, increases, uh, would predict 96 over the period between 2001 and 2008. Model two would predict 52. Model three would predict uh, 86. Uh, the actual Predictions, of course, when you're predicting, making models, it all grows, you know, nice in a nice smooth line. If you looked at the data, actually, it would be six, 
or 5.8 maybe, 5.9, 6.2, 6.3. Then it would go up to 6.5 and you'd say 7. But uh, when you look at the actual, because you're looking at discrete events instead of a nice smooth curve, it goes up and down to one year, up to 13 in one year. And uh, we, we look like Model 2 is closer to being accurate. Uh, in fact, when I first did this back in 2006, Model 2 was right on. I think that was sort of dumb luck. Um, so our best model is Model 2, reflecting uh, recent history most accurately. We can say that Model 1 would reflect our condition if we had no bridge repair program. Uh, so now we can use that information to evaluate our bridge repair program. The average age of our bridge inventory is 32 years. At 32 years, Model 1 would be predicting 18 bridge replacements per year. So if we weren't doing it, if we never did any bridge repair, bridge maintenance work, we'd probably be replacing about 18 bridges a year. Model 2 would predict eight years, eight replacements per year. That's reflects our current program. Our average deck area in Florida is 25,000 square feet. Uh, we're probably about the midpoint in the nation about number of bridges, but we're number four in deck area behind Texas, California, and Louisiana. Um, when you build, replace a bridge, you're generally increasing your deck area by 40%. You're making it wider. You're adding shoulders that you mean to make the current standards. Maybe it ends up being a little bit longer. Uh, I noticed we had a I had someone raise their hand when asked if we had a Federal Highway Administration person here. In 2000, for 2006, FHWA's cost for bridge replacement was $153 per square foot. And when we uh, when they do that, uh, they're very strict with us about what they include. Uh, and because that, that rate helps uh, uh, determine our allotment for our bridge replacement funds, uh, which it does for all the states and Federal Highway Administration uh, make sure that uh, they don't let us uh, have too much. You need to watch it. King G came in sitting in the back. Okay, so, so we don't say anything, don't say anything about, about, about that. About federal. I'll, I'll just say that they're very strict. Hi, King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And then when that costs, they exclude design, right away, approach work, etc. So we, we can probably assume that 2008, with inflation, our costs are going to be about $225 a square foot. Based on that, that's about almost $8 million per replacement, um, close to $80 million total agency cost savings for 10 replacements per year. Um, currently, we, we have $68 million in our bridge repair program, probably 15 to 20 million of that is spent on our movable bridges for uh, mechanical, hydraulic, uh, uh, electrical repairs and upgrades, which don't really extend the life of the bridge but are important anyway. So we have over a $10 million agency cost saving for just agency cost for our bridge repair program. Um, Uh, looking at that, we didn't, didn't include user costs. They're important, but they're harder to define accurately. Detour, time delay, and probably the most important thing, even though we can't put really, we could put a cost to it, but it, you know, it's not exact numbers, 
the increased safety of the public. In conclusion, the number of structural replacements for Florida will slowly increase over the next 20 years, but the increase should be manageable. And a good estimate of our inventory service life for our Florida bridges is 80 years. And our repair program is a sound investment with solid returns. Any questions? Okay, how about some questions here? Okay, I'm going to call on. Okay, I'm going to call on.